When it's late December, dark and cold When an old man hears bending low The sun runs off to bed too soon And there's nothing but a skinny moon Can you tell me where is the light? Eggs are frying. And it's dark when I go off to work. And it's dark again when I get home. Can you tell me where is the light? Where is the light? Where is the light for life inside me? It's in my skin and in my bones. In my Come, she cries to us, kneel down here in the frosty grass and feel the prayer buried in the ground. Bend your ear to my heart and listen hard. Love this world, she whispers. Distill peace from the snow and water the cities with mercy. Weave wonder from the forest and clothe grief with beauty. Rest in the rhythm of the turning year. Trace the bending arc, rounding the curve toward justice, and vow anew to do no harm. The winter trees stand watch, haloed in the last gleams of the slanting sun. Glory sings here. Heaven echoes the call. Repeat the sounding joy. Make your life an answer. Bow. Praise. Rise. 
I am so excited to welcome everyone today to this Music Forward Solstice Celebration. Uh, I want to say welcome to the folks in our physical sanctuary. Welcome to folks in our Zoom sanctuary who we'll be able to lock eyes with in just a moment. Welcome to the folks in the family room and the social hall. Let's take a moment to appreciate each one of the shining lights in our beautiful congregation. If you're on Zoom, I invite you to turn your camera on and join in our greeting. We can see you. Hey. Folks in the sanctuary, let's wave to the folks on Zoom through the camera there. <laughs> hey, fantastic. It is good to be together in this church for all ages, where we understand that our beloved community coos, coughs, whistles, whispers, wiggles, clears our throats, rustles our papers, sighs, laughs, creaks, and makes other small noises along our spiritual journey. For little ones who need a bit more to do, there's an activity table in the back corner and a family room across the way with toys and a live feed of the service for parents. All are welcome here to learn and love and grow in spirit. Come, let us worship together. All right. 
We've got some special solstice music from you from the band. Some of it's going to be sing along. This one, we need some druids and maids to dance in seven times. So if you <laughs> dance in seven times, jump on the Carlin. I know you dance in seven times. Or if you're a druid or a maid. <laughs> this is Ring Out Solstice Bells by Jethro Tull. Sister Sun, joyful as a silver planet runs. Seven maids move in seven times. Sing the song the bells go loudly
Thank you. All right, we've got another sing-along here. Vance is going to be doing it. We've got a part for the choir and for you guys to take part in.
yeah. <laughs> I have a story for you. One that has been told in different ways from culture to culture and generation to generation. A story adapted and re-envisioned as all good folk tales are. Grandfather's birthday was coming. All of his family and friends were planning to gather for a party and they each wanted to bring him the perfect gift. But as is often the case, the perfect gift just didn't seem to exist. Anyone feeling this right now? <laughs> Did he need a nice sweater, socks, a new shirt? No, he hadn't even opened the packages from last year. A book, a painting? No, his shelves and walls were crowded already. What to do? What grandfather liked the most was to sit at home in his comfortable chair and drink tea with honey. Grandfather had a beautiful big crock jar that sat empty on his shelf. What a perfect gift. They would fill it with enough honey for the whole year. And so word spread from one family member to another and from one friend to the other until everyone knew that they were to bring a jar of honey to pour into grandfather's big crock. It would be a communal gift. Jane was going to the party. She didn't have any honey and she didn't have much money, but she really wanted to celebrate grandpa and to contribute to the gift. She thought and thought some more and then an idea came to her. It wasn't the greatest idea she had ever had. She pulled out a small jar and poured some water into it. And then she added a pinch of food coloring so that it was golden in color. It looked just like honey. She told herself, no one will notice once I add it to the big jar. Plus, it'll probably make the honey easier to pour. The day of the party came the guests arrived and one after another, each guest poured their small jars of honey into grandfather's big crock. Jane poured hers in too. Before long, the crock was filled to the brim with honey and it was time to present it to grandfather. What's this, he asked. A few of the guests offered clues. Some made buzzing sounds. Bzzz. Others clicked their lip, licked their lips. Mm -hmm. Could it be honey, grandfather asked? How wonderful. He dipped in a spoon to sample the golden liquid and he lifted it to his lips. He smacked a few times and looked a little puzzled. It has a fine golden color, he said hesitantly, but it tastes like water. Jane's cheeks burned a bright red. John's cheeks were equally rosy and Jillian covered their eyes. They had all filled their honey jars with colored water. None of them thought it would make much of a difference if they brought water instead of honey. 
but now each and every one of them was embarrassed. It was an awkward moment. Luckily, grandfather laughed and said, well, I have another birthday coming up next year. And you can bet that the next year, grandfather's birthday came again and everyone was sure to bring a small jar of the very best honey possible. Again, they poured their jars into grandfather's crock and this time when he tasted it, he said, mmm. Grandfather said he could taste the hint of orange blossom from Jane's honey and the fireweed from John's and the scents of clover and buckwheat and wildflowers from Jim and Jillian and Jason and all the others. Each of the flavors of each person's gift could be tasted. Grandfather smacked his lips. This is the most delicious honey ever. And the party was a much happier one. Christmas will mean something more. Maybe this year love will appear deeper than ever before. Maybe forgiveness will ask us to call someone we love, someone we love, for reasons.
find us at last in heavenly peace grateful at least for the love we've been shown in the past oh maybe this christmas maybe this christmas title of that song uh, might have added to the confusion the band was like what are we doing right now and we were like maybe this Christmas <laughs> <laughs> thank you band I love the winter solstice this is the time when we cherish the light but we also embrace the dark at the same time nourishing dark dream making dark there's some seeds that will never sprout without first going through winter's cold and dark. Some plants that won't flower. And we humans are made for that deep darkness too. That's what comes before growth. And nothing makes the light seem so beautiful as darkness. It's why we light candles and twinkle lights and sing songs about the light returning. It's all such a beautiful thing to pay attention to together. And I had planned to talk all about solstice today, but something else has come up, something important and interesting and honestly not unrelated. And it's that we are at a turning point, not only in this year seasonally, but also at a turning point, at a kind of pivot point in the life of our church. And we're at the same kind of question. Will we move into spring and growth and flourishing? Or will we continue in winter for a bit longer? Almost three years ago, COVID thrust us into the most challenging time in the history of this congregation. A time when we were challenged not only to keep our mission, to keep living it out in the face of violence and inequity and a growing alarming idealization of fascism in this country, but we were also challenged to figure out how to keep even existing as a congregation. Like, how do you have a church when you can't get together? And how do you make a sanctuary? And how do we keep connected? But we did it, and it took a village, like all of this, behind me, <laughs> in front of me, on Zoom. Well, I'll come back in just a minute. It took a village to do that, and it was really hard but we did it, we did do it. And we also suffered some casualties along the way. Many folks died during that time. Some moved away, some drifted away because the virtual church didn't appeal to them or it was too hard to navigate even with some help. Now our church campus has been reopened for over a year, about 18 months or so, and we've grown into two in-person services again, and they're fully multi-generational, and now we have a Zoom service that is the best it's ever been. That's what I'm hearing from our Zoom folks, and I'm thrilled about it. Let's bring them back up. There they are. <laughs> it's wonderful to be able to see them. And altogether, our attendance at these Sunday services is back up somewhere around 300 people every Sunday 
which is about three times as many as we had 18 months ago. And it seems to be increasing. And I love connecting with folks who are here for the very first time or for the first time in a long time. We've got new programs and activities happening, and there is just a good feeling going on around here, isn't there? I really noticed it. And we've even been able to pay off the social hop project. Remember how we held a capital campaign in 2019 and we, re echo, we uh, remodeled that old echoey building just a few weeks before COVID with gender inclusive accessible bathrooms and a place to host overnight guests, whether it's somebody in need of asylum or someone in need of abortion or other healthcare that might be banned in their home state. In spite of everything, everybody who made a financial pledge in 2019 came through on that promise, and the construction loan was paid off a few months ago. That is a huge success. Yes. Amazing. We're moving in a positive direction together. And the casualties originating in 2020 are still impacting us right now. Our membership shrank by almost 100 people during the pandemic, mostly in 2020 and 2021. At our last official count, which happens at the beginning of each year, we had about 750 members, which is still a very large congregation, by the way, but that's down from 840. One of the things fewer members means is there are fewer people making a financial pledge to support our annual operating budget. That that is just the truth. I mean, that's just what it is. And so we find ourselves at this pivot point right now. And that's what I wanted to talk to you about today. On this solstice, this turning of the year, it is not quite clear yet whether we are going to stay in our church's sort of COVID winter for a while longer, or whether we are going to be able to just leap into spring. Like I know we feel like we want to do. Just as we're getting our momentum again, I am wondering, we're all wondering if we're gonna be able to keep our operations going at a robust enough level to support all that. So Bob and I are gonna share a little information with you about where things stand at the moment. I know that you would wanna know that before our annual meeting next month, you would want this update because the, this thing, you know this place is nothing more and nothing less than what we make it. That is actually one of the coolest things about our church and it's also one of the most challenging things, right? There's not some kind of a hierarchy. There's no Vatican with a giant endowment to bail us out. There's nothing like that, which means that no other leaders get to impose harmful theologies on us, right? We get to have queer and trans worship leaders and a third of us all can be atheists and we get to vote on adopting an eighth principle and we don't have to have a creed. We get to live out our mission of love and justice the way we see fit, no one else. And it's also up to us to figure out how to support it through thick and thin. So before we get into any more detail about where things are right now, I do wanna say two things right up at the top. First of all, if you are a visitor today online or here in the sanctuary, please know that guests are not expected to make financial pledges or big donations of any kind of First Unitarian. That is not how we bankroll. It's okay for you to just chill out and enjoy this service. And the truth is we don't preach very often about money or giving, but it can be a relief to know from the top at a new place how things work there. So please take this as a kind of UU 
101, a little slice of that, uh, so you know if you stick around. Second, at this church, for everyone, we do not believe in giving until it hurts. We won't ask you to do that. We don't believe in that. Instead, we invite folks to give until it feels good and no more. So we want to give you the information you need to do that. I'm going to ask the board members uh, and who are here this morning to go ahead and hand out some little cards. So these little uh, pledge cards, you don't have to fill them out yet. You don't have to fill them out at all, honestly, but we'll ask you if you please would today. Um, and so they'll hand those out and Bob's going to share some more information. You'll have a little time afterward. All right, let's, let's talk specifics. You know, one thing I like about the way this church asks for support is that it treats the congregation like partners, like partners. And part of that is because of how we govern ourselves because we're Unitarian Universalists. The power lies with the congregation. For example, the congregation votes to approve the annual operating budget at our annual meeting. And that happens on Sunday, January 29th, by the way. Don't miss it. And the budget that we vote on in the annual meeting is put forth by our elected board of directors, more democracy. And the board can't set a budget to propose until they know how much money they're gonna have coming in. So uh, they base the that budget on the results of the pledge campaign. When the pledge campaign begins earlier in the fall, the folks organizing the pledge campaign use a goal set by our leadership team. And that's just a working number but it's usually not too far off from what the church needs to run. So for the last few months, we've heard a lot from our Radical Generosity team. What folks may not know is that the Radical Generosity team works year-round connecting with the congregation. And a lot of that work is recognizing and appreciating gratitude, expressing gratitude for all the ways that folks give generously of themselves to make this church happen. For example, you, you may have read one of the caught in the act profiles in the monthly messenger. Those are written by Christina Jovovich. They are inspiring. The committee ramps it up in the late summer as they prepare for the pledge campaign. And since the, the campaign has begun, the committee has reached out to the congregation in so many ways. They sent paper mailings and weekly emails. David Wilson has done a wonderful graphic design, which you can see on the banner outside the office and the gift magnets and the bumper stickers and actually the cards that you're holding in your hand. The folks on the committee have performed in skits and offered personal testimonials during worship services. They've organized the calls that the board makes to encourage folks to pledge. They've done so much. I want to thank them personally right now and I hope that you will too. The members of the committee are Althea Atherton, Catlin Anderson, Eric Renz Whitmore, Catherine Progasco, Megan Shattuck, David Wilson, and Christina Jovovich. The board representative is Bill Slakey. He's here somewhere, too. And our committee is chaired by the wonderful Chris Kennedy. Chris Kennedy. So please give them a round of applause. And if you see them, say thank you. I mean, this hardworking committee has done everything humanly possible to get us to where we are today. I appreciate them so much. So where are we today? Right now, we have $779,000 in pledges. To maintain our current level of funding, we need a million forty-five thousand in pledges. So that's a gap of about $260,000. Right. 
Now, a million forty-five thousand is a big number, but it's also very close to what last year's goal was. So last year, our pledge goal was a million five thousand dollars. So the difference between this year and last year is only forty thousand dollars, or just four percent. I mean, the budget for 2023 is pretty much the same as the budget for 2022. Most of the budget items are relatively level funded in next year's budget. The upcoming budget does try to give the staff a 3% cost of, cost of living interest. That doesn't actually meet the inflation rate, which is around 7%, but it does give the staff some growth year over year, and that's important. You know, over the course of 2022 and actually the whole three years, I have personally seen how hard it is to hire great people. The church has finally succeeded at that, but it took a long time and a lot of work. And recruiting is expensive. So because of that, we want to hold on to the folks that we have. Even a small salary increase helps. So how big is a gap of $260,000? Well, to put it in perspective, that's more than, that's actually much more than the entire cost of the music director, the director of religious education, and the youth coordinator positions combined. It's more than, actually we can throw in the technical arts director job and still have it be less than $260,000. So we have absolutely no intention of cutting these positions, but it does convey how dire, dire the situation is. So First Unitarian's in a really paradoxical place since we reopened, we've enjoyed this incredible, renewed sense of energy and enthusiasm in the congregation. And to me, it seems very possible that with this continued energy and enthusiasm, First Unitarian could grow back past to its past strength and size and even go beyond. But no church ever grew by cutting back on people and programs. Which brings us to this moment. All right, we're gonna get back to music in just a second. Am I too close to this mic, Justin? How are we doing? Good? Okay, it sounds a little echoey to me. Um, again, if you're a first time visitor today, you just let the card pass you by or just hand it off on your way back out, it's fine. You are our guest. And the rest of us are receiving these cards knowing that we were once guests too. And now, if we are able to fill them out, that's an act of hospitality and faith for folks who are just coming in. So we're asking you to just think about what you are able to do, of course. We're asking ourselves that question too. I know back in the early 2000s when my kids were little and we were a family of four that was living on less than $35,000 a year, I remember worrying that the really modest pledge we made to our church probably did not even matter. Like it mattered to us, but I felt like, did it even make a difference to the church? It was so small compared to the need. And what I know now though, is that we can have faith in all of those kinds of gifts to really add up, to go in together with the big ones. It's like the story that Kristen told earlier, where the folks who thought they didn't have enough to make a difference put water in, <laughs> and then the gift was water, right? <laughs> Every single thing we put in adds to the flavor in the end, and it is really important, whatever it is. So if you would like to participate and you're online, uh, there should be a link in the chat now that you can just click on and that'll take you to the, the site and you can adjust your, you can make a pledge or adjust your pledge there. For folks who are here in this sanctuary, uh, go ahead and fill out the cards and see if you see appropriate. 
members of our board will be collecting the cards during the upcoming song. And then they're going to tally them up and we're going to report back in a little bit here what happened this morning, what did we accomplish together, and we know um, everybody is doing everything they can, and we are so grateful to everybody for that, every single one of you. Absolutely. Let us settle into stillness. As the sun sets this evening, we will welcome in light. 
the Festival of Lights. Hanukkah honors the oil which lit a lamp all those years ago for a miraculous eight days. But even more so, maybe what comes with the light is a reminder of the courage of ancestors struggling for freedom. Maybe it is a renewal of faith and a much needed reminder of something bigger than ourselves. Let us breathe in the spirit of the mysterious. Let us take comfort in the unexplainable. Let us take solace in the miraculous. In the next few minutes of silence, may we revel in the mysteries of this moment. Mysterious spirit of life, miraculous and unexplainable. We hold one another in love. Let us call to mind all those who are on our hearts this morning. See their faces 
and feel their presence with you. At the sound of the chime, I invite you to speak those names aloud so that we may all hold them together. And if you are on Zoom, you may also share the names and other joys and concerns in the chat. All these named aloud and held on our hearts, we lift up to the great powers of healing and renewal known by many names. In addition to these names, I lift up Jerry Williams, who died peacefully and in comfort Monday afternoon. He was surrounded by family, and love, and kindness. We wrap Shirley in our courageous care and pray that the family may all feel the warmth of our love. mysterious spirit of life, miraculous and unexplainable. May we feel the tender blessing of this sacred community, brought together by a covenantal belief that by being in community, we are made stronger, more loving, more of who we want to be. May we be courageous in stepping out into the world in ways that make others feel our faith. May we be bold in our inclusion and humble in our learning. May this congregation seep love from the windows and doors and out of our walls so that others may feel that they are not alone. May this church Live our values so fiercely that others are inspired to love more deeply. Amen. Peace be with you. So it is the time of the winter solstice arriving in just a few days. And though not every world faith practice recognizes the solstice, those of us who do find the solstice find the stories of the return of life everywhere in all the stories, including the stories of our own life. We are the light. The light is you. <laughs> Right. 
wonderful. Do we have a tally yet, board members? Do we know? There it is. Thank you, Chris. Okay. Oh my gosh, look at this. We've uh, brought in another $29,595 in this little first service. Thank you, everybody. Oh that is wonderful. Wonderful. Thank you. Folks on Zoom and folks here in the room, thank you so, so much. That is a wonderful accomplishment. Thank you. Holy cow, I'm just stunned. I'm just stunned. Um, yeah. We didn't hold a regular, we didn't hold a regular operatory today, but if you would like to contribute to our Change for the Future partner, Street Safe New Mexico, which as you know is near and dear to my heart, you can still do, those, do that the normal ways. You can drop a check at the office. You can go online to our website and pay for credit card on our website too. And speaking of change for the future, where this is, Street Safe New Mexico is our last partner of the year. And another thing we're gonna do in our annual meeting is vote on who the partners will be, the four partners will be for the coming year. So if you have, if you have a, a nonprofit that's in Albuquerque that you really love and you'd like to nominate them, I highly recommend that you nominate them and you can reach out to the social justice committee if you're doing that, so. Um, actually, oh yeah, you can actually go to our website and um, submit the application there. How cool is that? That's cool. That's really fun to see that play out during the year. Yeah. Catherine has some announcements to share. Do you have a few more, few more announcements? Um, today is the last Coffee with the Board for 2022. So virtual worshipers, look for the post-service chat room and folks who are here, look for the people wearing blue ribbon name tags in the social hall to talk to them about all of your desires for the future of the congregation. EarthWeb will also be in the social hall today with information and advocacy postcards about the New Mexico Green Amendment and related environmental legislation, which helps us live our seventh principle values. So take a look at their table. Okay, this part will be on the test. <laughs> Christmas Eve services will be at 4 p.m. and 6 p.m. on Saturday the 24th. The 6 p.m. service is also on Zoom. We'll be celebrating together with the Albuquerque Center for Spiritual Living, which has shared campus space with us since October, and Angela will be sharing the pulpit that evening with their minister, the Reverend Amani Malaika, as well as Imam Abdurraf Campus Marchetti, the Imam is the leader of Minara Muslim community, which also shares our campus. Next, on Christmas Day, the service will be on Zoom only at 9 a.m. Uh, there will be no in-person services in the sanctuary that day. We wanna give as many of our volunteers and staff as possible that day off. So join Reverend Bob that day on Zoom at nine. Again, just one service on Zoom at nine on Christmas Day. Finally, on New Year's Day, which is also a Sunday, we will again have just one service, but this one will take place at 11 a.m. on Zoom, because uh, we figured a lot of folks would want to sleep in that morning. <laughs> However, on that day, if you'd like to come in person, you can join a watch party in the social hall Coffee will be served starting at 10.30 a.m. Any visitors here today or online? 
Oh, all right. Let's give them a warm welcome. You're cordially invited to coffee hour in the, in the social hall. Uh, and if you haven't visited the welcome table, I know Lara Magnuson, our director of congregational life, is there, and she'd love to talk to you, too, if you feel like it. No pressure. Um, also, there is an all-member Mercado art show where you can buy art happening in our social hall. So if you're running behind on your, on your gift buying, this is your chance. And uh, finally, I want to invite everyone to just rise and body your spirit. Also, folks online, place one hand on your heart, the other hand, reach out to this community, the people who are our companions on this journey. Share a little peace. And while you're still standing, I invite you to join us in singing our closing song. This is by Flori Jagoda, who unfortunately we lost last year. She was a Bosnian-born Sephardic Jew who wrote this wonderful song, Ocho Candelicas, in Ladino. So it looks kind of like Spanish when you're counting. We'll get you, if you want to count candles with us, it's in the order of service. Uno, dos, tres, cuatro, cinco, seis, siete, ocho candelitas. So please join us in singing.
I love this church. <laughs> Go in peace, friends. May love bless you and keep you until we gather again. And may the joy of this hour go with you in your heart. Blessed be. Amen.